0: Um, here we go welcome back everybody you're listening to the chronic sisters podcast you're joined by me sean and me jess and this is episode 13 and this is our third time lucky for our intro yeah third time lucky well 13 unlucky for some 13 is a very unlucky number for some people
1: Yep, I haven't had a problem with
0: it. Friday the 13th, what are you talking about?
1: Yeah, but it's not been unlucky for me. You said it's unlucky for some. I don't think
0: I have a problem with it. So when a Friday the 13th comes, you don't go, ooh, Friday the 13th, if something goes wrong. Not. Ooh, I'm very suspicious. I'm very suspicious (laughs) of of superstitions.
1: Oh, okay. Well, I'll let you know the next time a Friday the 13th rolls around. I'll let you
0: know too. Thanks, babe. No worries. Anyway, how are you?
1: I'm all right, not yeah. bad. Yeah, busy work week. Um, we are again, everybody, recording very late on a Friday night after mm. work. We haven't even got changed. We are still in our scrub. So, unfortunately, there will be no uh, visuals this week no <laughs> for visuals. you all. Um, but yeah, I am okay. It has been a busy week. Um, my foot. I was saying to Sean, I think it's turned the corner. I'm feeling a little bit better. I survived a 12-hour shift, so that's a positive post my three-quarter zone injections. Um, And yeah, busy, busy week. Busy girl. Got to find some time to do a job application while I'm working this weekend and and yeah. Easy. Easy. Easy peasy. Easy breezy, beautiful cover
0: girl. Um, (laughs) So yeah, that's my week, sister. How's your week been? Oh, also wild, obviously I'm in infection control, so there's been a lot of um, spotlight on the old infection control element within Australia at the moment with the um, COVID vaccine mandation for um, frontline workers. So my team have been working through that little pile of documentation that we've been having to uh, process. So it's been a long, treacherous week of data validation, Yuck. emailing people. Yuck. Aggressive people sometimes. Anti-vaxxers, man. It's not a vibe. If you're listening, check yourself. Check yourself before you wreck the whole world. Literally. (laughs) And just don't even listen to us. Like, I just can't. (laughs) I just... Leave now. Leave. The door is open. Please leave. (laughs) I just can't. I just can't fathom it. From being a person who has had many a chronic illness issue in the medical field I have had to put my life in the hands of science so many times and I don't know how many times that person has done the surgery or whatever I trust in the process I trust in science I trust in medicine and look at me now I'm still ticking literally because science put a mechanical heart valve (laughs) in my body I can't I'm on a roller coaster I can't stop
1: we're delirious we've just had to stop at Macca's (laughs) on the way to start this so we're pinging on frozen cokes and sundaes yeah (laughs) and
0: also I'm I had migraine eyes literally as I left work today in the car so I popped a wafer and look
1: and I drove her home and I was like, we don't have to do this. She's like, oh, but we're never going to have another chance and we're so busy. So once again, we are using our last spoon very well. You're welcome. Um, but before we get into this episode, episode 13, and today we will be talking to you guys about resilience and continuing to continue on despite... What life continues to throw at us. And for you guys, you can hear Sham with a dry mouth in the sorry. background just fucking having a glass of sorry, 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 water. Sorry. Um, so that's what we'll be talking to you guys about. Uh, but first, dun 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 It's, it's the, fun the fun fact follow-up. Up. <laughs> the jingle's still not ready
0: oh, oh god we've lost Sean. lost it, this is sorry gonna be him. a big week. i'm delirious. Um, you are do you have a fun fact follow-up for me i do and it's thanks to my darling sister as per usual um she comes in with the goods so she let me know of a pet peeve because previously on the last episode i mentioned that i couldn't think of one and she rang me and she was like Sean. You have a pet peeve. I was like, what? She's like, toilet rolls. I was like, oh, you are so right. My pet peeve is when someone in the house that you are living in together uses the last bit of toilet roll and leaves the empty casket. My brother used to do that all the Dude, time when we lived at mum and dad's. It gets way worse. They then put the new one on top of it or on the end yeah just fucking take the rubbish off (laughs) and put the new one on yeah i get also beards are cool mullets are bad the toilet roll what So with the miscus the toilet roll you know there's a there's a a preferable way oh yeah over or under yeah over or under so beards are good mullets are bad so forward hanging paper yeah over over. Beard. Sure. Over.
1: Okay. No worries. Is that all for your uh, fun fact No. Follow-up? So my oh, second okay. fun. Okay.
0: Well, it wasn't a fun fact follow up really. It was more of a support of the fact that my lack of knowledge around segments in citrus fruit has apparently been hereditary. And <laughs> my sister FaceTimed me. <laughs> this was so funny. Like I was crying. <laughs> I just wish the recording had picked up I the know. sound. But um, so she FaceTimed me and she looked very serious. And I was like, what's up, sis? She's like, I've just listened to the podcast. And I was like, oh, yeah. She's like, I've got a lemon. I was like, what are you doing with the lemon? She's like, I can't believe it. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, No are you today years old and she's like i can't believe it and she cut, she peeled the lemon and put she's like oh my god and just like <laughs> threw it the in lemon. the bin and she just walked out of shot she's like i can't believe it and then she came back we were chatting about it and she's like how did we not know that i was like i don't know i've got no idea and then she was like well you know at least grapefruits aren't segmented i was like oasis. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're segmented as well. And so we had to Google it because I wasn't 100% sure either. Oh, my <laughs>
1: God. What did, what did mum oh. and dad say? Did they did they think you're both
0: retarded? Nah. Nah, they yeah. didn't say much about it, to be honest. mum doesn't listen to the podcast, so I have no idea what she thinks. But dad, <laughs> dad actually messaged me. He um he said they really liked the podcast episode and um he told me a story about um the similar one of what did you believe as a child that you don't Yeah. Same thing. And him and his family, two brothers, dad and mum, so my granny and granddad, before Christmas, every year they would go to a Chinese restaurant, like the Friday before Christmas, and would have a Chinese dinner, like for food. And they always used to get chicken and um everyone would have <laughs> Everyone had a chicken leg, like a, a flavoured chicken leg as part of the meal. And my granddad, <laughs> the legend that he is, uh, was RIP granddad, love you. Um, he told my dad and my uncles that chicken <laughs> chicken in China have four legs. <laughs> <laughs> and they believed it. So for the longest time. That's why they all got a chicken leg in <laughs> China thought China tickets had four legs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh, my dad blamed it on the fact that they were very young. I was uh, like, all right, dad. All
1: right, Polly. All right. All right. Oh <laughs> God, that but is that's so funny. But that's my fun follow-ups for the day, uh, I think. Oh, that's a good one. I, I'm just apologizing because I used the word retarded. I didn't mean that. That's politically incorrect. I'm we don't, sorry. Use that we word, don't use again. that word again. It's been a big week. I'm very, very sorry. In French, it means slow. Okay, so that's what I was going with. Yes. I was talking French, of course. Yes. Um, okay, now my fun fact follow-ups. Number one, my mum corrected me. She said the hamstring story, I kind of made it sound like I was actually physically there with the water skiing injury. In fact, mum had to call me Um as she was with dad and had to take you to the hospital so I wasn't actually present She was like just just clear that up I was like sure, just clarify sure that for the people it's not 100% honest yeah sure um and then my brother so there seems to be the siblings following us up here yeah. um died over the dolphin story <laughs> and he also said he was like well yeah like you are like I'm pretty sure you you weaned off your dummy by giving it to a dolphin <laughs> Which I was like, I didn't think I had a dummy,
0: but that makes sense the if I did. Has the dolphin had it.
1: Um, so that's that. And We also, gave our
0: dummies to the Easter bunny.
1: Oh, that's nice. Mm. Uh, yeah. More, Carry on. Some dolphins out there having a good time. Um, <laughs> but the other one was, I said our families on mum's side of the family all sat down and worked out. Um, our our spirit animals. And Ben was like, you didn't get through them all. They got funnier. He was like, you were a lioness because of all those things. But you said a big cat. It wasn't a big cat. It was a lioness. were lionesses are. And I was like, cats. thanks, Ben. They are. And he said, and I was the dancing bird that like dances before they mate. And they, I've googled that because we couldn't work out what it was. It's a bird of paradise. And he was like, you didn't say our cousin Talia's. She was the funniest. She was a seagull because she likes hot chips in the beach. <laughs> So, anyway, now you know. Now you know. Um, family tree and of spirit animals. Yeah. And so they are the spirit animals of my family. So they are my fun fact follow ups.
0: That's fantastic. <laughs> so random. So random. But yes,
1: today we will be talking about resilience.
0: But first, I'd like to sketch back a little bit just to update the people. If they haven't already, we had our first interview
1: that yeah. we since
0: the last time we had the podcast. Yes. Because we actually showed up on time. We did. On the right time. We were premature and then we were there. Well, they were technically late because you went and got a coffee.
1: No, I was at Pilates actually.
0: And then got me a coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Lindsay uh, didn't mind. Lindsay didn't mind. It was okay.
1: And she's our new best friend anyway, so it doesn't matter. From
0: California.
1: California. Anyway. Not New York. Not New York. Not Canada either.
0: Not Canada either.
1: But she is a complete honey. And if you haven't already listened, please listen to that. We've had some beautiful feedback Mm, so far. Loved it. Um, And it was very fun for us to be on the other side of it and being not driving not not driving just in the just Just relax just relax in the passenger seat head out the window um so yeah that was lovely and we highly recommend you listen to that because she is a very knowledgeable kind beautiful human yes and it was a very insightful educational very fun natural chit chat loved it we did love it.
0: Branching out the community all the way over to America. It's um, pretty it's cool, hey. Blows my mind. So cool.
1: So yes, today we are talking about resilience yes. and how Shan and I, despite a big week and despite still being in our scrubs, while we continue to do this and what I am just taking she's off, just off just my, taking my off ID her badge because it's jingling in the background. About. That's where we're at, guys. Um, but yeah, so we're going to be talking about
0: keeping on, keeping on. Yeah, keep on keeping on. Um, do you want to start? Yeah, I'll start. So resilience to me is actually like something that kind of just exists in my life. So we did a quick dash on the research before this episode and resilience. It's documented quite a lot that it's not something that you're born with. It's something that grows over time and over your experiences. So it's not something that we all have. It's something that we learn And it's about both internal, emotional and outside resource that kind of builds that resilience for a person. And each person's experience of resilience is going to be different. Everyone experiences trauma different. Everyone processes it differently. So no form of resilience is going to be the same. But something that I found that was really interesting, um, which is a little quote or an extract that I found, that um, being resilient doesn't mean you don't experience stress or emotional turmoil. True resilience includes working through emotional pain and suffering. Because I think that's a misunderstanding of people who see other people as resilient in in that they don't feel stressed or they don't experience it. And they just like plow on and everything's happy Larry and that's it, when when really that's not it at all. It's about actually processing it and dealing with it. It's not just being this rigid person in time. It's about going, going with the flow, really, as lame as that sentence is.
1: Yeah, and I think... Also with resilience, like it's it, it's an amazing quality to have and to be able to be resilient. Mm. And it sets you up so well in life to continue to battle the things that are thrown at you. And in fact, if you haven't already checked it out, there are a couple of guys, Hugh and Martin from the Resilience Project, who have created a project which aims to teach like their whole mission is to teach positive mental health strategies to help people become happier and more resilient because they realize the need for it Mm. and in fact they focus very strongly on improving resilience and happiness and strength in workplaces and in schools because Mm. they realize it's it's such an important thing that we need to set young people up with
0: well yeah absolutely and it's something that we as a society within the community of chronic illness, we have to be so resilient daily. And why not have that that outlook and that structure taught to you at an early age, so that you can implement it when times do get tough? Because you know, life's not easy.
1: No, and it gives you just that little something that your little trick in your back pocket that yeah. you can pull out. It, it does help set you up. And in fact, they focus on three key pillars which have been proven to cultivate positive emotion and build resilience. And so those three things that they believe, they called it the the, the GEM, the GEM um, acronym, I guess. Mm. So number one is gratitude. So I guess that's all about like paying attention to things and moments right now. It's not worrying about what we don't have and it's focusing on living in the now. Mm. Because to be resilient, you need to be thankful for the people, the places, the things that you have in life or you can't see forward, you can't see anything positive. And then the second one in the acronym is empathy. So we know that kindness and compassion works so alongside beautifully what the meaning of empathy is. And it's about putting ourselves into the shoes of others and feeling and seeing what they do. So we become more grateful for what we do have. And again, in the background, that helps us build our resilience. Mm. And the final one is mindfulness. So That's about taking the active time to help us be present and create a feeling of calm. So whatever that is that, uh, you know, we've all asked you before what you do to help your mindfulness, what you do to improve your mental health or to make you feel better. And it's about taking the time to do those things so that you are present, you are calm and you are aware of what you do have in life and, and seeing the good. So they're the three things that they believe cultivate happiness
0: and true yeah. resilience which we completely agree with oh yeah for sure but then the the problem is or well, not the problem really but the, my experience with resilience is that I fucking hate being it like it's that like you're it for so long
1: it's the whole, and and we've said it before like you know when people are like oh god you're so strong and I get that all the time especially these couple of years we both mm. get it you're so strong I don't know how you keep going through it and Sometimes you don't
0: want to be strong. Sometimes ah. you don't
1: want to fight. Sometimes you don't want to be resilient. Sometimes you just want things to be a little
0: bit easy for yeah. once. Please and thank you. Yeah. And so it can get like this, almost the this label that you carry with you. And it's just a part of the whole package of your existence. And it's just this reminder of you have to keep fighting. The, you haven't had the easy ride that you assume other people have had. But everyone has resilience within them to a certain degree. It's just what your equilibrium is, is what we've talked about before in terms of comparative um, suffering and comparative success. You comparing your experience to someone else is beyond silly to do because you are never going to experience something the same. Like you can literally have two people experience exactly the same things and come out the other end feeling completely different. Some people may find one thing traumatic and one person might completely not even blink an eyelid because to them it's not traumatic at all. And so what was really interesting, one of the researches that I looked into was by Dr. Laurie Ferguson, who's a PhD clinical psychologist, and they were referring to an article that they had read. And they also put three points in terms of explaining what resilience is. And this was actually specific to Um, resilience with chronic illnesses and one was a commitment to something beyond yourself so like having a reason to get up which draws your purpose and we spoke about it about the dogs for us had that element of purpose when we were really low and your family your friends your workspace anything that you find purpose in that's your purpose and it, it gives you a drive for your day and then secondly is the radical acceptance of what it is so like that whole thing when we talked about grief of you know, the five stages of grief and then you get acceptance its like, man, this sucks balls. But how do I get through this? All right. OK, that diagnosis, it took me a little while to process. OK, but how do I manage this now and how who do I need to speak to now? And it's about that those little steps that you make once you have kind of sat in that space of what the frick is happening to me. And then you work on like how you're going to get through and how you're going to get back to your baseline and how you can be yourself to the best of your ability. And then the third one is the ability to improvise. And it's about the adaptations and the workarounds that we constantly do from day dot that you decide all right, I'm going to do this, but I can't actually do it that way because I can't lift my hands above my head. So I'm going to use this stick or I'm not going to do that like that. I'm going to do it this way. And just the little small adaptions that we have that we sometimes don't even realize that we're doing because we're just getting through it. And I actually love that part of that, that point of the ability to improvise because it makes me think of MacGyver did you ever watch MacGyver? No, but I know what you're talking oh, about. Oh, I do, I love it. And you just like just to, the way to improvise and just be like, all right, how am I gonna make this work? Give me a paper clip. I'm gonna make like an electrode that's gonna shoot through the sky. Do you know what I mean? Like just <laughs> <laughs> it just makes me so excited because I've never thought of it like that. But it's so true. We adapt as people with chronic illnesses. Our day-to-day existence is just full of adaptations for us to appear normal we just have to fake it till we make it and it's so true we improvise constantly constantly,
1: constantly like me like sticking my hot pack in my scrubs down like gotta improvise gotta keep going yeah, I keep gotta going. keep going resilience love it I do I do love it and another um resource that I found so in fact when we've or we all talk about it we know that a couple of years ago for me sucked and I bought a book what um, happened fuck
0: off sorry let's
1: bring up the trauma no let's not so anyway when my ex left and it was all just shit I bought a book that I just literally walked past the shop and I just saw it I I had never heard about it before and I just saw it and the title was when life is not peachy and I was like my life is so far from peachy at the moment anyway I read bits of it but I've gone back to it recently and I'm not saying like my life is I guess peachier than it was. Mm. But uh, there's still so many things you can learn from these books. And there was actually a whole chapter. we might actually are saying to Sean,'ll I'll put a post up with all of these books that we've recommended mm. over the the season one. Because I think that they are great resources and tools for you all to have. And so this book is by a lady called Pip Lincoln. And Side she- note,
0: side oh, note, real quick go. side note. Side note. When I went to pick up the book from the bedside table uh, for Jess while we were doing the research, I picked up the um, book and it's a beautifully bound book. Um, and it's like the old fashioned like fabric binding on the um, spine. Anyway, the author is... Pip, but the way that the fabric is on the binding, it looks like R.I.P. Lincoln.
1: She's like, oh, what happened to Lincoln? (gasps) Oh, anyway, again, sums up our week. Um, Pip, Pip, Lincoln. Pip, Lincoln, Pip. And anyway, she talks about these 10 things that you can do to promote resilience in your life. And it's about not being things. It's about little things that can subtly build your resilience. And they were really interesting. And I, I, we re, I read them out to Sean and we thought about, you know, do we do these? And they were really interesting. So mm. I'll share them with you. So number one was having an optimistic nature. And, you know, yes, we joke about it mm. and we sometimes have really hard days. But at the end of the day, we do still get up and continue on with life and yeah. our jobs. And, and we are relatively as much as we can be, quite optimistic. Yeah, hope for the worst. No, you don't hope no. for the worst ever, babe. Why do I keep mixing she, things up? Oh, my God. It's so annoying. Hope for the best, prepare for the worst, is where she was yeah. going with that. She also said in the car, driving her home with a migraine A's, oh, A's, <laughs> migraine <May laughs> <green, laughs> it's, contagious. it's contagious. Oh, we can't even speak English, yeah. Um, but I we said something and I said something to Sean and Sean was like, yep. Well, if you can't do the crime, you can't do the time. And I was like, no, isn't it? It's the other way around. You, you've got to do the <laughs> time if you do the crime. She was like, oh, yeah, I think yeah. that's where I
0: was going. You know what I mean. Oh, Whatever.
1: Anyway, so number one is being optimistic and just having an optimistic nature. Glass set- half full. Yeah, yeah. And that's, again, not not an overly hard thing to flip that switch. It's not asking you to do a huge thing. It's just asking you to s- start to see things with a bit more Of a positive life. Change the filter. That's it. Um, Number two was reframe. Oh, fuck. It's so (laughs) contagious. Oh, my God. No one's going to want to listen to this Holy mackerel. Reframing negative thoughts by looking for meaning, benefits, and that silver lining. Yeah. So, like, Sean spoke about it earlier, but, like, things can be really tough but it's pulling out the good even when there feels like there is not a whole lot of good in there that silver lining
0: I'll give you a silver lining Go so on, i shit. <laughs> so when i was i want to say maybe Oh, 13, 14. We were living back in England and we used to live at the back of a farm. And we had um, this dog called Shadow and he was quite a big dog. He was a Vinerama. And if anyone doesn't know what a Vinerama is, it's like a Doberman. If you don't know what a Doberman is, where have you been? Um, but it's silver. Um, so he's quite I'm a like big a boy. I like a Wimmeranian. Vinerama? Yeah. Vinerama? Is it like what a Wimmeranian? That's the same thing. You're just saying it weird. <laughs> a vinorama. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> it's a German breed. It's called vinorama. I thought
1: it was a Wimmeranian. Oh wow! Okay, that, that's a different dog. Dude, i
0: okay. Pause your for dogs, a second. Your
1: family dogs. Yes, they're Wimmeranians.
0: F- they are Vineramas <laughs> <laughs> Jess was today years old when she learned what a vinorama was. <laughs> Oh my gosh!
1: <laughs> no, oh my.
0: Vinerama. Yeah,
1: Wimmeranian.
0: Okay.
1: It's even spelt like that.
0: Vi. It's German. W is a V in oh, German. Surely
1: someone listening is today years old and has realised that too. Oh my gosh! I even told Mum. I was like, "No, Shaun's dog's Wimmeranian." She's like, "Yeah, okay, yeah." Just believed me. Vineramas, dude. No, that yes. She's bringing up the photo of the dog, and that's what I'm looking at. Wimmerana. Wimmerania. Okay. <laughs> Well, anyway radio. sorry we
0: had a panorama. he was quite big and we were taking him for a walk outside in the countryside in england it was quite dark he ran down the country lane and we called him back and in the dark he didn't see me and he ran full pelt through me and like hit my legs and flipped me over and i just face planted the floor face
1: planted.
0: face planted the floor so he like flipped me like a lid, like on the ground. And so I landed in a, in a gravel puddle <laughs> and I, I got fucked up, man. <laughs> so I snapped the tendons in my thumb. Oh, you actually got I like proper up, far. proper. I was, snapped my tendons in my thumb, split my lip, chipped my tooth, cut my chin open. <laughs> and then, um, fucked up all the ligaments in my knee from where he hit me. Cause I had planted my foot on the floor and he ran through my leg. And so my leg hyperextended and like pulled all the tendons in my knee. So I was bleeding from my nose, my nose, my lip, my tooth, chin, my chin, and then my knee and my hands. And my, luckily my um, stepdad and I were walking the dog and he came to me and I was so in shock. You know when you fall over as a kid and you can't breathe? Yeah. You're like, you're in so much pain. You're like, Ugh. you want to cry, but you can't. I was there, definitely winded as well. He picked me up and I was like, uh, uh. he's like, it's okay. It's okay. It could be worse. Your mum could be here. <laughs> My mum does not cope with stress in anything medical. And that's been a running joke with me and my stepdad now for any time that I'm unwell or like injured or whatever. He's always been the one to take me to the hospital or it's been my dad. But when it's been my stepdad, he'd be like, "Ah, well, it could be worse. Your mum could be here. (laughs) So... Anyway, so. There's that silver lining. Silver lining. Your mum's not here, it's just me. Well, that
1: follows beautifully because number three on the list is knowing that it's okay to use humour to cope with hard times. I mean, if that doesn't sum us up. This is the whole podcast. (laughs) So we are building resilience by doing this, my gal. Day to day. Number four is using active coping strategies. So it's taking action or making the effort to remove stresses in your life. So actively making that effort and not sitting in the space of dwelling about the stress stress and not yeah. doing anything about it. Um, number five was seeking support from others, which we talk about often. And I mean, that's this, this right? That's why we're doing this. Exactly mm. right. So it is about creating a support and a safe, secure place for people to feel validated and heard. And that's why we do it. Yep. Um, number six was physical activity. We all know physical activity for me, not so much, Sean does improve and build resilience. Um, number seven was pro-social behavior and I didn't really understand this but looking into it deeper it meant doing things for others and being as kind as you can oh yeah socially and I'm, I mean that's something that Shan and I carry with us we are big believers that you treat people how you would want to be treated and mm. we pride on ourselves on being kind and kind to others and that is important in building resilience in yourself yeah um now you have to also
0: be kind to yourself too Like yeah. that's the hardest part yeah
1: And that's what we're working
0: on. Yeah, that's what we're practicing.
1: Um, Number eight was mindfulness, which we've spoken about. And I just mentioned it before in the GEM acronym. Um, And number nine was either working on your spiritual or moral beliefs. And spiritual, a lot of people think religious. And I, obviously, you all know, I work in the palliative care setting. And spiritual... When I explain it to families, what spirituality means, people's like, oh, no, I'm not religious. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like spirituality, mm-hmm. I once had uh, actually a chaplain explain it to me. The spirituality isn't in fact, for some people, it may be religion. Mm-hmm. And that's wonderful if that is for you and you find strength and support through that. Yep. But for others, it what we say, it's something that makes you tick you can have rituals that aren't religious rituals. Mm. So, you know, getting up and saying a what," one, bringing you a cup of tea in the morning, and that happens every morning for you. That might be a ritual which brings meaning to your life. So mm. spirituality is about meaning and things that you do to enhance your meaning through life. So that mm. could be a walk in nature with a dog and that could be something that increases your spirituality. Mm. So think about spirituality a bit, broader and wider than just religion because it is so much bigger than that side note yeah
0: oh god always got one chaplain story about a chaplain so I was I was in hospital surprise surprise I was in (laughs) hospital and I just had my heart surgery done and so it's a pretty big surgery like open heart surgery it's not you know walk in the park so I was in Great Ormond Street Hospital and um, on my like admission form my I'm um, a Baptized Catholic, like so. On my form, same, yeah. It says Catholic,
1: yeah, yeah, same.
0: So then, whenever you're in hospital, yeah, um, the chaplain, the comes. Chaplain yeah, comes, she came right? my
1: first yeah. endo I was like, sorry, sweetie,
0: it's <laughs> not for me. It's not for me. Um, so the chaplain came, and so <laughs> I thought I was dying.
1: Oh my god! Oh my god! You come in for
0: your last ride. Because yeah. <laughs> I felt so sick oh my god that is so, so sad uh, so i life, flashback i had <laughs> had uh, <laughs> i was bleeding internally <laughs> it's not funny i had um oh my god I was she's on, crying um, now. <laughs> like, shit um so i was on aspirin right and it burnt away the lining of my stomach so it does that it does that I now know, um, <laughs> hot tip, don't take aspirin <laughs> if you want a stomach lining. Anyway, so I was on aspirin because it's blood thinner and this this was before the valve, so we didn't have warfarin on board. It was just the um, aortic root that had been replaced. So I was taking aspirin, I was burning away the lining of my stomach casually and so I was bleeding internally quite substantially and we didn't really know. And so I felt like shit. And also, if anyone has had um, is it sternot- sternotomy? Synotomy, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't tickle either. No. It does feel like you've been cracked open. Um, you have been. Yeah. So it, it feels very equivalent to that. And you have
1: to, to hold a teddy or a pillow to cough yeah, for so long. Yeah, I do. Yeah,
0: it was so long. So the f- my bones haven't fused back straight. No. They're all bubbly. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's another side story for the side story. Anyway, so I felt like shit. Pain was insane. Um, I was very weak, very anemic. <laughs> I'm very tired. And then the chaplain came in. I was like, oh, my God, I'm dying. And I looked at dad and I was like, what have you not told me? (laughs) And then the chaplain sat down. She was lovely having a chat, you know, and dad took over because he saw the eyes in me. And I was like, dad, no, I don't want to talk to her. You know, like when you're a kid and your mum hands you the phone of your nana. Uh, night, and we we she'd um, uh, mm-hmm. be like, say hello to your nan. You're like, no, ma'am. No, I'm no, not here. I'm not here. I'm not here. So like, say hello to your nan. And you're like, hello, Nan. Uh, you, you know, like that. I sort of to my dad, I was like, no, I don't want to fucking talk to her. So dad took over and he started talking about his experience and his faith and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, thanks, Dad. Anyway, she left. She was lovely. She's like, let me know if you want to come back, me to come back. And I was like, Yep, thank you so much. Have a nice day. And bye And when she left, I was like, Dad, I thought I was dying. He was he was like, What? I was like, I thought she was coming to tell me I'm dying. He was like, no babies, they come around and say hi to everyone. I thought thought she was dying. I thought she was dead. And I was like. That is so traumatic.
1: It's okay. Poor Papa Gannon's going to listen to this episode again and be like, oh
0: my God, shut up. It was a funny time. I wasn't crying. I was just like, I I actually thought I was dying and that she was coming to tell me, see you later. (laughs) God will see you at the doors. Off you go. That's what I'm well, It's just so th- attached part. to my experience with a chaplain in a hospital has always been like someone is dying. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And and that is slowly com- changing. Yeah, but, I know, yeah.
1: But yes, it is about it is about more than religion. Yes. And number ten on the list was just making time for yourself and putting yourself at the centre of things. And uh oh. believe it or not, that's what we're trying to do here. <laughs> <laughs> so they are those ten things. I love them. Um yeah. Can you tell us actually, Sean? Yeah. Because I, you know, I am queen research in the team here. But Sean actually found a study that I was like, go, girl, this is my kind need, of research. I you would like it. Um, and so it was I'm gonna give make Sean tell you all about it, but yeah. it, it's actually by a, a paediatric doctor, mm. which we love because we are all here to support the
0: peds' fellow colleagues. Yeah, exactly. And if you colleagues. start, yeah, exactly. if if you you start, start it,
1: with the kids, you're going to you set know? up some wonderful adults for the future.
0: Honestly, I wish that I'd had so much more intervention as a child.
1: Absolutely. Oh, yeah. We've talked about this. Yeah.
0: Do you know what I mean? I was yeah. just like left to my own devices. You, just li- you were stuck in a box. Yeah. Good luck. See, Off you go.
1: See you in seven years. See you later. In that box. Yeah. In your
0: sweaty... Plaster Paris. Enjoy that. Anyway, so I'm all for it. We're all for it. So, this, I was Googling, you know, top researcher, um, Googling about resilience and chronic illnesses and stuff. So, and it came up, what are the seven C's of resilience? So, the seven C's was a theory um, that has been created by a pediatrician, Ken Ginsberg, um, who specializes in adolescent medicine at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, so USA. Um, That's in America, by the way, Jess. Um, I know that much. Thank you. I needed that. So he developed the um, Seven C's model of resilience to help his patients, who are um, children and teenagers, building the skills to be happier and more resilient. So the the model is centered around two key points: where young people live up or down to the expectations that are set for them, and need adults who love them unconditionally and hold them to high expectations. And how we model resilience for young people is far more important than what we say about it. So it's not what you say, it's what you do.
1: It is, isn't it? And like, I mean, for me, I can confidently say looking at my parents, they always modeled resilience and they are very resilient people. I think whatever's been thrown at them or the family, they've always worked together as a team and mm. have. All, it's, it's definitely been... They have been role models in that regard for me and I think instilled it because I've needed a lot of it Mm. recently. But I've been lucky that I have been raised in a family where resilience is
0: something that I have witnessed and Mm. witnessed healthy resilience too. Well, the thing is, right, I only know resilience from having to survive trauma, right? This whole concept that we've researched and looked into is actually about instilling it before the trauma. Yeah, instilling healthy Which resilience is so you can cope.
1: It's not, let's wait for the bad thing to happen and we'll and pick up the pieces. And see how you respond. Yeah. Let's help you so that when bad things happen, you know how to respond.
0: Yeah. And that concept is just foreign to me. Yeah. Do you know, Like to actually have resilience without having to experience such a traumatic event in your life. How amazing. Yeah. Like, I would absolutely want that over having to actually have been through stuff and then just make it up. Yeah. MacGyver the shit out of it. Do you That's know what I mean?
1: name. MacGyver? I am Dolphin and you are MacGyver. All right. I'll take that. She started calling me Flipper, guys.
0: <laughs> God. <laughs> I, also, I would like to qualify that you did, in fact, tell us your favorite animal.
1: Yeah. My dad agreed. But yeah. mum was like, no, no, no.
0: Zach agreed as well.
1: Yeah. Well... I it was hundred
0: percent it, it was your favorite animal Whatever,
1: lioness dolphin i'll take either
0: but neither, either neither neither yeah anyway back to the seven c's so first c is competence so this is the ability to know how to handle situations effectively to build competence individuals develop a set of skills to help them trust their judgments and make responsible choices So my anxiety-like brain does not trust any choice I make. I'm the most indecisive person. Like, I just can't. You couldn't even decide what we're having for dinner tonight. No, I couldn't. I can't. That's why I get you played it, because it decides for me. And I don't even have to buy it. It just gets delivered to my door. You have to
1: eat this shop. Not a
0: hashtag ad. I just generally, it saved my life. Um. Confidence. So Dr. Ginsberg says that true self-confidence is rooted in competence. Individuals gain confidence by demonstrating competence in real life situations. So it's like the more you practice stuff, the better you get at it, the more confident you are right? That's just the general principle. Um, Connection, so obviously to friends and family and it's a sense of security and belonging, so true. I never felt more isolated and less resilient and open to trauma when I was isolated and I felt like I didn't have any friends.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I definitely felt the least resilient and I didn't want to be resilient after my breakup. I Mm. felt like for me, losing that connection to someone who was, I guess, your biggest support, your biggest advocate, your comfort, Mm. your everything, losing that person, I feel... Like I lost a lot of my ability to be resilient and I didn't want to be resilient because I didn't have that connection anymore. Yeah.
0: Well, the next one is character. Um, Individuals need a fundamental sense of what's right and what's wrong to make responsible choices and contribute to society and experience self-worth. It's so much about like making your choices for yourself and being comfortable with the person that you are. Like that's what it's boiling down to by the look of it, isn't it? Yeah,
1: and I guess like, Over time, I guess we are finding out who we are as people more and we Mm. are strengthening our own sense of self. And I think as that grows, as we grow and as we grow with this, Podcast and being forced to have these huge conversations mm. and these big open conversations with a on a public forum
0: and reflection as and well. it's
1: yeah and it's really forced us to like reflect on ourselves and reflect on our own values and
0: morals and beliefs and how we can do it better yeah for sure. And so the next one is actually contribution. So um, Dr. Ginsberg says that having a sense of purpose is a powerful motivator and contributing to one's community reinforces positive reciprocal relationships. And that's so what we get from you guys listening and commenting and messaging us like that contribution that you guys give to us and vice versa. Like it just fuels us and makes us want to keep going, keep pushing through and so that's huge. That's been a huge thing for me over the last couple of weeks or a couple of months with you guys.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, coping. So when people learn to cope with stress effectively, keyword, they are better prepared to handle adversity and setbacks. So it's about that's the thing of where I said previously. The preparation, yeah, doing like the that work, prep. But yeah. you actually feel the stress. It's that n- people who are resilient don't not feel it. They're just able to process it faster or better. And then um, the last one is control. So developing an understanding of internal controls helps individuals act as problem solvers, MacGyvers, instead of victims of circumstance. And that for me, this key part here, I lose patience with victims, like that victim mentality.
1: We're both not good
0: with dealing with people like that. No, I just, it's not part of who I am. No. And so I find it really hard To navigate that space with people who. And empathize with them who choose. Who choose the victim role within their own life. I can't deal with it. And it's a really hard thing to process, especially when it's the people around you, because you want to instill the problem solver element of you into them. But you have to also allow them to experience their own feelings themselves. And just because your way is your way, doesn't mean it's the right way for that person. Yeah. But it is very difficult to navigate yeah. when you're a very keen problem solver. Yeah. When you're navigating a space with a victim feeler. Yeah. You know?
1: For sure. Definitely. And we've all been, I feel like everyone listening's probably been in contact and know someone that does do that. And and that, again, it's not the wrong thing to do, but no. for us, we do struggle a little bit but with that.
0: I think as well, because my upbringing has been like, don't be an old oh, woe is me yeah. kind of gal, yeah. like get on with it. Take a Panadol, you'll be fine. Yeah, I wasn't wrapped in bubble wrap, so I've got that like whole resilience. Yeah. about me. Yeah, and uh, and that's really hard to instill in other people that haven't had that.
1: Yeah, and like, well, you spoke about it just before. It's, it's what you've grown up with what's Mm. been the model for you in terms of resilience and if you haven't been around it you might not have the skills and and these people might want to be more resilient but they really
0: don't know how Mm. well um actually Zach and I spoke about it in our couples therapy about resilience because I'm quite a resilient person and Zach luckily hasn't had much experience with trauma as to the same level as me so we actually have a really open conversation about about how a person becomes resilient. And I knew no other way other than experiencing trauma. And I said to him, I don't want you to have to experience trauma to build resilience. So then I had to learn that you can be resilient without having to go through trauma. And it's about filling your cup more and filling the other person's cup more of those things that are important to them, important to you. That builds resilience as well, if anything, faster and greater and stronger than having to go through the traumatic events because it's based on positivity and love and function rather than the negative experience of a traumatic event of being sorrow and pain and darkness. It's going to last so much longer when it comes out of that light end. Than it does out the dark end like it's more yeah wages. and you don't
1: have to deal with all the trauma you don't yeah. have to then deal with all the ptsd and the trauma and the depression and the anxiety that comes with it that yeah. we're dealing with here so I definitely
0: recommend the right, light recommend end.
1: take take that second path it's much nicer much nicer. much sunnier mm. um so then exa- that's exactly right and so i think it's important to talk about learning how to push on with life and again this is referring back to pip's book she talks about there's just five easy ways to slowly but surely help you continue to push on with life. So number one they talk about making a to-do list, to map out your day. But again, this is very helpful so you can visually see what you need to do, but please don't beat yourself up if you don't achieve them. Don't be that hard on yourself. Put a detailed like put a detailed list down. And when people ask you, for example, if you're going through a hard time, if someone asks you, is there anything I can do for you? And you go, oh, I don't know. I'm just really stressed with everything at the moment. There's a list in front of you. Mm. Or actually, you could help me with this. Or mm. actually, I need some support with this. And it's there and it's easier for you to break down. And it kind of clarifies some of that internal fog that goes on when there's so much surrounding you. Yeah. And uh, she also did, like did her own research too, but she found that people who do to-do lists, if you want to call them that, or write things down before bed, are one, better sleepers, and two, the more detailed the list is, the faster people fall asleep. Oh, so I, I know... I, I'm bad for it I would lie in bed and I think about oh shit I've got to do this tomorrow I've got to do this tomorrow oh, I can't forget this oh I can't forget I've also booked Pilates at five so I've got to leave work on time and I've got to do this and I've got to like mm. I am bad for doing it and so I think again after talking about it and Sean and I like to do what we preach again mm. nailing the quote this week um, <laughs> but I think that is something I'm going to take on I think yeah. I will write it down whether that's just on the notes page in my phone it doesn't have to be a physical pen and paper it's whatever's easy but it's Mm. for me to improve my sleep because I think that is an area of my life which constantly needs improvement Mm. and I think I'm sleeping so well at the moment because I'm just literally burnt out and fatigued and it's not quality sleep yeah so I do want to do the background work for sure and number two was the three good things practice and so that is literally writing down your notes page or just saying it out loud to yourself, whatever way you find easiest.
0: Mm. Writing it on the shower window. Yeah,
1: it's writing down three things that you've experienced during that day that has been good. So it's about looking for the little gems in life. It's literally Mm. about flicking that mindset, the cup being half full. It helps you redefine the things in life that matter, I guess. And it helps you see the world through more hopeful eyes. So when you're going through a really dark time, it mm. does force you to take time, whether that's two, three, five minutes in your day to flick your mindset to being a little bit more hopeful. Mm. Um, the third one was about rethinking your schedule. Sean tells
0: me. So oh, it's yes. here we go. Here we go. Did she's, gonna, else she's gonna write go it in the
1: book. She's gonna go. <sighs> she's gonna go, she's gonna go All at right, me. No, no. I'm. Li- go on. Okay. It's about taking the time to recover and regain your strength. Yep. Here we go. She's. Looking oh, at I'm me. nodding. She's nodding. She's I'm nodding. nodding. Here we go. She's gonna go again. So Pip recommends time-saving activities. Just Pip, is it? Oh, this is Pip's book. right I'm talking about. Yep. Go on. Oh, Sean as well. Um, <laughs> but she talks about time-saving activities. And she, she actually gives this example, which is going to trigger Shine. And part of me doesn't even want to say it out loud.
0: Say it, because I know exactly um, the bit that you're going to read out.
1: No, you don't, because you yeah, didn't even read this part of the book. Once. The example she gives is things like grocery shopping to change it to click and collect, oh. or to change it to a pre-prepared thing. Oh. And in doing that, the idea is to spend the little time, the little spoons you have, if you want to say that, looking after both your body and mind and not spending the energy on unnecessary tasks.
0: Do you know what, Pip? Pip. (laughs) Pip Lincoln. Can you just take a moment, please, Pip? Where have you been? Because I've been telling this girl since I've freaking known her to stop Aww. going to the shops. I've never done click and collect. And either do a click and collect or a delivery service. <laughs> because the amount of times that she, I'm oh, I've got sweaty. to go to the shops. I'm getting yeah, attacked. my
1: <laughs> off my body warm
0: <laughs> Attacked. Honestly, guys, oh, the amount of times yeah. I've told this woman to bloody get a click and collect because she buys the same shit every week. <laughs>
1: Lots of crazy Literally. <laughs>
0: It's the same thing. Just copy and paste that list, put it into your cart, and it gets delivered to your door. You do not have to physically walk around a shop. You do not have to- Exactly. Oh, Pip. Anyway,
1: anyway, thanks, Pip. It's in the literature. Number four is enjoying. I like this one. It's enjoying what she calls neutral times. And I was like, oh, yeah, tell me more. But really what she talks about is about being in survival mode, being exhausting. And we know that living with a chronic illness, with a flare-up, with things going on, you are constantly fighting, you are constantly in survival mode. That just makes me
0: think of the Destiny's Child song.
1: I'm a survivor. Yep. You're welcome. Um, so it's about sorting your self-care so that you have feelings and periods of being okay, being neutral, not constantly feeling shit. Mm. So it's not about changing your mindset so much that you feel good. Mm. It's about sitting and enjoying the neutral times, just feeling okay. That reminds it's me, not bad.
0: That reminds me of a quote that Zach likes to live by. It's by Chris Hadfield, I think. That's his surname. Might be a fun fact follow up. He's an astronaut, and he wrote a book, "The View to Earth" or something. That's also going to be a fun fact follow up. Anyway, it was about an astronaut and what he wrote down and what he thought while he was up in space, looking down at the Earth. Anyway, long story short, one of the quotes that Chris Hadfield says is aim to be a zero. So you're not the person that is this go, 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 overachiever, you know, just pushing all the time. And you're not the person that's dragging a team down or being an, a negative influence. You just are I, the, the best version of you so you're in this neutral space of balance this balance yeah Yeah. and so I I got it put on a pen for him because it's his favorite quote but yeah that reminds me of that
1: yeah and that's so true like just learning that being okay is okay Mm. and you don't always have to strive to feel amazing and the reality of living with a chronic illness is you won't
0: often feel amazing instagram's got a lot to answer for for that doesn't it really what do you mean? The constant like showreel oh, of everyone's yeah. best days. Highlights
1: of everyone's life. Yeah. yeah, so true. Okay, and number five. So the last one on um, my little list from Pip was creating a meme map. Shant that I said meme
0: map. It's like meme
1: map? No. Your favorite at, memes. No, a meme map. And that's about putting yourself at the center physically, writing it down and writing around it all of the things that are affecting you in life. And the idea is kind of to form a plan that accounts for the steps that you need to take, the hurdles that are in front of you, the steps that you need to take to make progress. And what it does is when things feel overwhelming and like there's too much going on, it literally is a visualization to stop, to set, look back and think, okay, this is what's going on for me. This is what I need to work on, and these are the steps that I should take. And for me, when I was thinking about that, I was like, honestly, probably six weeks ago, everything. I was so stressed about myself and my health, and uh, you know, there was things flying off my me map. There was the fit pelvic physio which I hadn't re-engaged really with. There was a painful foot that I haven't dealt thing, with things with, and and on that, I should have. It all seemed so overwhelming, but for me, it was like find a new pelvic physio, make contact, call the clinic, book in an appointment, the foot, find the right person, book in an ultrasound and just those little steps to get to that end goal of, well, currently my foot plane's improved and currently now I have a pelvic physio who's wonderful. And And it's about, at the start, it seems so overwhelming and that you can't see that light, but it's about literally mapping out the hurdles that you take to get there. Mm. And if I had done that, I could have set myself a task every day. I could have managed it better more efficiently i could have woken up and gone okay so this is my step i need to get to this spot which is the end goal Mm. reduce coccyx and pelvic pain Mm. the end goal being able to survive a 12-hour shift on my foot so what do i need to take okay so my goal for today is i'm going to call around and find a physio that sounds like someone who will suit me yep and that's just one goal that i can give myself but it takes me a step further to achieving my end goal
0: yeah for sure so that is like a quote again, this is a Zach quote day. Um, his, one of his daily mantras is progress daily. So like it's not to be perfect. It's not to be like the best. It's just to progress daily in some format. And if the aim and the goal is to actually be a healthier, you, any progress that you make is progress, whether it be the smallest little shuffle or the biggest leap. And with a checklist, One little way that I've learned to better myself in terms of mentality around checklists and feeling like it's overwhelming because everyone has done a a to-do list or a checklist and then gone, holy shit, that's a lot on the list is do a box next to it. And so rather than just ticking it, is to draw a diagonal line through the box and colour it in once you've started the yeah, task. Yeah,
1: I do that at work. i yeah. like, I've half completed that. I've
0: started. Yeah. And then I can colour in the rest once it's finished. Yeah. And so it feels like you're progressing. Rather than looking at a very overwhelming list, potentially, you can see the parts that you've started on are not fully finished yet. But once you have finished it, you can colour in the full box.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, and I think, you know, everyone comes from different experiences and for us, again, we are nurses and we talk with a nursing background and, and nursing, I think, t- helps us be resilient because we we see people at their most vulnerable and their worst and it, and it forces us to keep on keeping on and, mm. and, and it does make us grateful for our health despite how much our bodies are continually hurting us. It, yep. it does make us feel grateful. And like we said in the acronym, being grateful and gratitude is huge in building resilience. So we are lucky. And and some of you out there might be allied health workers or work in an area that being resilient is, is in your nature. It's part of your career and your pathway. And so it's about just stepping back and looking at the things in life that subconsciously build your resilience and, mm. and tapping into that and, and thinking what you get out of that. I guess.
0: Yeah, and I know that at the moment resilience is like a hot topic. We are all in a world that is suffering from a pandemic and the isolation and the stress that comes with that and for us as well being healthcare workers, we know that our fellow brothers and sisters around the world are experiencing um, a time in their careers where no one ever thought they would be and resilience is fading and can be fading because it has been a long time to be consistently resilient and it's about picking each other up and supporting each other in those times and I think it's just the awareness that we are all walking this path together and I think that you know a little bit of kindness to your fellow person is huge in moments like this and we can really take this moment as a time in history where we can either be the best version of ourselves as a human race, and support each other, or will be one of those bookmarks in time that people refer to to avoid and not to repeat.
1: Yeah, and and you know we are talking about us and our experience and being healthcare workers, and and resilience is really it's fading and it's been a really hard time for everyone but it isn't just health workers it's the resilience of people who have significant mental health histories that are forced to isolate and be in lockdown and the resilience of families in lockdown without support of extended families when caring for children it's the resilience of people that have lost their jobs that are still fighting to for employment and there's just so much going on, and everyone's been faced with their own resilience challenges in these last few years, mm. and it, and it's a time to be mindful of that. And we, I, if it's not. I don't think it's a thing, but resilience burnout. People are exhausted from constantly fighting and constantly staying brave and mm. strong and and fighting for. Uh, for for a, a better place to live and, and, and for them to be in a better space mentally and physically being a health worker it's very physically and mentally draining in this time and and it's just as mentally draining being at home and isolated from your loved ones so it is, it is a hot topic at and the it's moment. a time
0: to be kind it is that is what it is and on that, about resilience, I met with one of my girlfriends who I used to go to uni with, and she's going through a bit of a rough time at the moment um, with her mum over in the England going through some health issues. And her herself, she um, also has been through some health issues recently, and it meant that she hurt her foot or her leg. And um, we caught up for lunch the other day, and we were talking about resilience and um, how she felt mentally, and she read somewhere that just putting your feet in the ocean to reset that mark you know how I was talking about like the cold therapy and yeah, stuff yeah
1: we'll talk about the grounding and yeah, the, yeah, yeah yeah so
0: she had read somewhere that she was like it's been really supported and she's like but I can't walk on the sand because of my foot and I was like right so <laughs> I was like a raccoon I found So Sean the
1: problem solver.
0: MacGyver. So I found, I found, um, she's going to be listening to this and she's going to be laughing, I promise. Um, I found there was a um, donut box um, from Coles or Woolies, either, either, whatever shop you shop at. Um, But it was a plastic lid. So it had no food on it. It was just the plastic top, right? It was a square, about half of an A4 piece of paper. I got the plastic and she was like, what are you doing? I was like, don't worry. And I ran with my you know, dodgy hip, dodgy feet through the sand. And I went to the ocean and then I realized that I had my socks on and my shoes on. So I had to take them off because I don't like wet socks. Um, And then I dunked the top of the lid in the ocean to get the sea uh, water. And then I got a handful of sand with like heaps of shells in and I dumped it in the bottom of the tray. And then I waddled back (laughs) to the steps where she was sitting. I was like, take your shoes off. She was like, what? I was like, take your shoes off. I've bought you the sea." <laughs> You're so cute. And then cute. she put her feet in it and she just felt so much better. And you know, that was, that made me feel good because it made her feel good. And it's just a moment that we had and I know that she really appreciated it. And in that moment, it was a really big thing for her. And I just want her to know, cause she's definitely going to be listening to this cause I know she does, that being able to do that for her at her time of struggle was really important to me as her friend and being able to help and support her in that moment was huge for yeah, me. Yeah,
1: and as a friend, being able to help her with her resilience because sometimes you aren't strong and you do need to lean on the support of others and and that's what we want to do for the people who, in our life who are important to us and we encourage you to do the same, to to lift the people up in your life when they, they can't.
0: Yep. That's, that's what, what it's, it's all, all about. about. Oh! Aww. <laughs> Oh, that was a good ending, that was, sister. Stop it. We spend too much time together. Exactly, we spend we're dating. too much time together. <laughs> okay, right. questions and quotes. Question. Do you have any questions? Tell me what you think about me. I didn't think of a question, actually. Is there
1: anything that you do that helps you continue to push on with life? Like when things are hard for you, is there something that you do that helps you keep going? Oh, God.
0: No, it's, I, it's, it could be worse. Okay. It could be worse.
1: Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, that's the mindset. Like (laughs) I work in ICU, I'm like, it definitely could be worse. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Could be worse. Like when
1: I had sepsis, I'm like, I didn't die, Sean. It could be worse. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And I had my stroke, but then I could talk afterwards. It could be worse.
1: worse. I don't know if that's the right kind of. No? uh, Not a good example? I mean, I don't know. It might work for some of you. It works for
0: me. It's been working for 29 years. True.
1: We're a bit dark and twisted, aren't we? Oh, well. All right, quotes. That's why a- the people come. Yeah, true. Do you have a quote for me?
0: I do actually. You're gonna think it's weird.
1: Is it about your broom and your sweeping and your mopping? No. Okay, what is that? It's weirder.
0: The dog barks, but the caravan moves on. <laughs>
1: I've which, ever heard. Which
0: is the 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 root quote of the actual quote that I first found which is the dogs are barking but the train keeps going. What does that mean, Sean? I'll tell you, Jess. Thanks for asking. <laughs> so what that means is it the the caravan one is actually a um proverb. A proverb? Yeah, it's an Arabic Shit. proverb,
1: I think. I think you're making that up. No, no,
0: no, I'm not. I've read it. It's a uh-huh. it's an Arabic proverb i'll no, fun fact follow it up if fact it's fact not For sure anyway um it apparently first used to refer to caravans traveling through the desert climate regions of the vast middle east dogs barked at the caravan slowly um prodding towards them um towards its destination but their bark was not enough to stop it from reaching the end of its journey which means once you've wrestled through all of the pros and cons of a difficult decision and made it You need to ignore the negative input and keep moving on. The dogs bark, but the train keeps going.
1: Yeah, I like the meaning. I'll give it to you. Strange quote, but I'll give it to you. Mine's very short and sweet, and it just kind of summarises everything we've just said in this last hour. So resilience is nurtured by trying, then resting, and then trying again. So it's about being pushed down and you keep going, but you don't have to go hard all the time. Mm. You're allowed to come down too.
0: Getting knocked down seven times, getting getting up up eight. eight. Love it. I love
1: it. I love it. I love it, sister. Love it. Love love it. it. All right, guys. We hoped you enjoyed that episode on resilience, and we will be back in your ears next week. Oh,
0: what a sentence! I like like that. You've never done that sign off before. I like that. That was good. We will be back in your ears. (laughs) Don't say it creepy, now it's weird. <laughs> okay, anyway. We'll be back next week, guys.
1: But on that note,